Hey everyone, it's Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we're the Casual Tutors. Today we're going to be discussing a topic that was brought to us by you guys, one of our listeners. And that topic is Planeswalkers that took the biggest L in this four-block cycle that is Phyrexia, All Will Be One, March of the Machines. Like always, before we jump into the content, we have some housekeeping to do. Last week we talked about getting to a thousand all-time plays and you guys absolutely blew that out of the water as of recording right now on wednesday we are six plays away from breaking 1100 so definitely far exceeded our our 1000 goal there and our audience size is looking great we have a new metric that tells us how many spotify specific followers we have which is 38 it's amazing uh we have some news on that front hopefully coming next month but if you guys are listening you know Jumping into Spotify helps us extra. As always, you can find us anywhere on social media at Casual Tutors. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have a Discord that is in our link tree down below of this podcast. Join it, you know, submit your ideas for episodes because we definitely listen and we definitely love engaging with you guys on there, whether it's the perpetual spoiler season, new deck ideas, help with decks, stuff like that. And um, I guess I'll plug our TikToks and our YouTube. We have pack openings that are going up right now. Uh, we're doing Ultimate Masters, single 40-second pack cracks, super quick. Great way to support our channel, too. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. Planeswalkers have been a big focus in Magic for a long time now. And they're always either our hero or anti-hero. Never necessarily bad. Sometimes never necessarily really good. But that kind of changed with this pseudo block of sets that surround the Phyrexian evasion of the multiverse. What we see is some of our favorite classic planeswalkers, you know, get completed, get brought over to the Phyrexian side. We see other planeswalkers engage and kind of take up that mantle of being the hero. And it's created a lot of scenarios where some of our favorite characters and some of our less favorite characters have been taking some serious L's over the course of this set. We're going to start with a couple honorable mentions right off the bat. Uh, just a couple of Planeswalkers that we know that are interesting in the story. They definitely have an L, but they're not really involved in the majority of what's happening in the total Phyrexia story. Then we're going to move into some characters that we think take the biggest L's. And we're going to wrap it up with a couple of characters that necessarily aren't real heavy in that L category. So starting with honorable mentions, I think the first one that comes to my mind is Jaya. She is classic mentor to Chandra. She's, you know, kind of omnipresent in and out of sets. And it's just kind of renowned in lore as being like the quintessential pyromancer. And unfortunately, what we see in Dominaria United is her engaging on the weatherlight with a Johnny and completed a Johnny to be specific and just absolutely getting dominated and dropped off screen off the edge of the weatherlight. And that was the an announcement of a Johnny being completed, right? They weren't, they weren't aware that a Johnny was completed until that happened. I think at this point when they're fighting under the weatherlight, he, yeah. So I think at the start of the fight is when he comes out of the closet. It seems like that freaking fight goes on forever in the story they did. So I wanted to say like, no, they already fought him once and he came back. But yeah, no, I think it's still the same fight. And and Jai gets thrown overboard pretty quickly in that fight too, doesn't she? 
yeah, absolutely obliterated by Johnny. Didn't really even like have a chance to do a pyromancer thing too much. He just completely overpowered her with his new found Phyrexianess. And kind of like we know uh, with Hollywood and, you know, different genres and stuff like that, a character dies off screen. They're not really dead. Jaya is a little different because we get pseudo confirmation on a card printed in Dominaria United. But still in lore, she is still falling off the weatherlight for all we know. And it, it's, she wouldn't be the first character to survive getting thrown off the weatherlight. I believe similar circumstances surrounded Urtai's original death, where he was essentially left by the crew of the weatherlight to his own devices because they believed he was dead. But shocker, we find out he's not in Dominaria United. That's pretty common in a lot of fantasy-esque stories, right? It's uh, if we don't see a body, that's what I always say. Right. No body, no crime. That's, you know, 70s homicide investigation in a nutshell for you. So moving on to the, the next honorable mention. And this one's a, it's a sad story because he gets it in cards and he gets it in an article, a brief synopsis published by Watsi. But that's going to be our boy Venzer. So he's kind of the OG tragedy going all the way back to the initial invasion of Mirrodin, where he's part of the team of Planeswalkers with Koth and Nahiri. And they're fighting, well, maybe not Nahiri. It's Elspeth. Elspeth. Yeah, other blonde. Anyways, fighting and ultimately getting defeated, because we all know Mirrodin becomes new Phyrexia. But in an effort to save Karn and, you know, prevent him from falling and becoming daddy of machines, he sacrifices his own planeswalker spark to ignite it within uh, Karn. So they all escape and they keep doing Karn things and mending happens, all that kind of stuff. So without Venzer, we wouldn't have had Karn up to this point. The real tragedy comes in a short paragraph that Wizards published that was briefly discussing some of the the non-focused characters of Phyrexia all will be one. And obviously Venzer comes back as Venzer the corpse puppet being reanimated by, I'm assuming, Ginger Taxes and, you know, Mommy had something to do with all this. But basically what they do is they summarize Venzer's great sacrifice into one paragraph. And within that paragraph, they just say he sacrifices his spark to save the multiverse. And technically true but his sacrifice giving karn specifically that spark is far greater than the implication of just saving the multiverse it was also kind of in vain <laughs> right obviously they didn't save mirrodin they did allow karn to be saved and undoubtedly karn went on to do greater and powerful things not related to phyrexia but right anyways Venzer done dirty, brought back off screen, doesn't really do anything significant in lore, and then just kind of bashed for his sacrifice. My honorable mention is actually Tybalt, just because he doesn't get an actual card. So I don't, I don't really want to talk about him having an L without having a card in the set. He, I don't even want to say plays a significant role in the story, but he at least distracts Tyvar for a decent amount of time. And from the description they give him, he would have made a cool card. He sounded like he looked really cool, but getting that kind of, not only your completed treatment outside of a story and then not having any card is kind of an L, but without the card, I don't want to really include him. 
Yeah, I was going to give him a big fat L just because he gets absolutely tanked by Tyvar. Uh, and that's why well, I'm not going to give Tyvar an L. Spoiler alert. But yeah, I, I can see him fitting here too. So he, him not showing up really in any significant matter in lore other than tangling with Tyvar and then just absolutely getting pwned with his own tail nonetheless. Like, just big, funny, like, exactly what Tybalt deserves. That's to come back. Yeah, now, off-screen, off-screen completion, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, I rank up. it as worse than off-screen death. Yeah, yeah. There's no coming back from that. We are free of Tybalt, you know, barring Teferi doing time shenanigans. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the characters we think the biggest L, or take the biggest L. We're going to kind of be working off that image that Wizards released before the Risa Florexia all will be one that everyone was speculating over who gets completed. Is it the zigzag pattern? You know, it's got to be the new Planeswalkers. They wouldn't do this to Jace. They wouldn't do this to my girl and this, stuff like that. But that's kind of what we're working off of. And right off the bat, biggest L for me is Nissa. Part of that is just because, you know, she had such a troublesome origin story she was an outcast on zendikar all this different stuff and she builds up becoming the basically the best connection to the elemental verse on zendikar just to be like hey girl you're phyrexian now i mean as well as completed in a side story right not even main lore and kind of in a dumb way and mainly because of who she was accompanying we'll talk about him here in a minute but you know, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen the first look at March of the Machines, but Nissa is the vessel in which Phyrexians infect elementals on Zendikar. That's why we get Big Booger Boy Five Color now, is because her connection with the Royal and everything on Zendikar is now contaminated with her. You know, she essentially transfers her Phyrexianness into that, kind of like we see. What also happens on Theros, spoiler alert, gods could be corrupted and turn Phyrexian based on their followers becoming Phyrexians. Yeah, some of the, the we can't really complete these guys, but we can complete them because of this thing is, is, is a little strange, but interesting for sure. Yeah. Oh, wait, they're completely reliable, rely upon their devotion. What if their devotion's Phyrexian? Boom, backdoor, loophole, in there the whole time. Don't want to hear people crying retcon. Do... Phyrexians still worship them, though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is how they explain Heliod becoming corrupted, is that his devotion base is Phyrexian. So I just, by the like, transitive properties, he becomes Phyrexian. Because so, he is what his devotion base is. The idea of these, these uh, people with Phyresis being like, you know what? I'm still going to worship this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the implication along that same line, too, is if they do stop worshipping him, do they stop existing? Obviously, we, we kind of see that mechanic in the printed cards themselves, where they're only creatures if their devotion is greater than five or seven for multicolor. Other than that, they're just enchantments, and they're just ideas, essentially. So, you know, we, we're not seeing that in March of the Machines. They're just straight-up enchantment creatures with no worrying about devotion. So apparently, Phyrexians, like, fixed the loophole there. Oh, that's a good point, too. Holy crap. We're going to have to talk about this some more for sure. Yeah. But moving on, what, who do you think is your biggest L? 
I, I think it's Vraska, personally. I mean, she gets completed off screen right out the gate. Her only point in the entire story is to make sure that her love and the leader of the gate watch is completed, who she like tricks into coming there, almost tricks the whole mission into like failing. Like she is just used and used and used and used. And I think that the whole seeing the happy life at the end was meaner than it was sweet almost. I, I, I think Vraska takes the big L there. Yeah, definitely you know that personal character development getting kind of getting robbed with her through becoming completed is definitely a a little bit of a problem i do wonder so we talked about phyrexians still maintaining their personality and their connections and stuff like that and that's how urabras lures in family members and stuff to be completed so i wonder if that connection between her and jace is still exists now that they're both completed both phyrexian like why can't they just have sweet phyrexian love there's just a couple of Phyrexian kids in love. Yes, with a scorpion tail and a bunch of tech mandrites that come out of your back. Yes, whatever. I don't judge. Yeah, it's 2023. We can't be doing that. I'm going to move on to stupidest L, and this is, by no surprise, your boy Luca. And everyone saw this from the start when they released the initial image of the Planeswalkers that were going to be in Phyrexia LLB1. Instantly called Luca being corrupted and turned into phyrexian and everyone called it because it was getting he would do something stupid and try to bond with the phyrexian no lo and behold exactly what happens biggest win he's now one with his animal companions yeah this weird minotaur phyrexian creature that he chose to ride through the tangle and all this stuff and then at some point that creature was like hey bro we're really getting along just become me just gonna you know let me wear you a little bit gross (laughs) they are one all will be one it makes sense full circle we're done send us a check in the mail wizards i actually have a dumb l as well and that's the wandering emperor (laughs) who didn't do anything and got there and immediately found that she was kind of screwed because of her power and who knows why the well, who knows what the Phyrexians did or why that happened, but she like kind of was there for uh, three quarters of the first chapter of the story, and then she was like, "Okay, I can't hold on any longer," and blipped out. Right? Wasn't this all fixed on Kamigawa with the reality chip, where as long as she had the chip, she wasn't constantly being, you know, forced to planeswalk around. Right, that's that's the idea, but I guess there was something that they were doing to jam Planeswalker abilities, or that affected her specifically. It was it was unclear. She just she she lost her memory card. Weird, <laughs> but I think that's kind of a dumb L too. Yeah, another pretty dumb L is how Nahiri gets infected with Phyresis, literally just essentially showing up in one of the spheres and getting scratched. Like, boom. See you later, Nahiri. Let's not give you any more story. And like. Paragraph two, it happens too. Like, right as the story begins. Yeah. I don't know about Jace being an L. He, his whole fall to Phyrexianess and corruption by Phyresis is weird. Because we get that glimpse early on where he collapses and he has that negative effect to, was it Malira's touch? Uh, the halo. Or the halo. And which is something very reminiscent of, you know, Phyrexian behavior. And then. 
him being good all of a sudden moving on and then getting stabbed through his cold blue heart by Braska later and, you know, suddenly being Phyrexian. The biggest L, I think, is just he was previously the poster boy for a significant portion of Magic's history. And, you know, his initial character development was rough. He was always, you know, the guy we can't trust, the blue mage, stuff like that. Not that any of that really changed, but he obviously gained some power and notoriety becoming the leader of the Gatewatch. I'm excited to see him go, personally. I hope they don't bring him back or they bring him back as the anti-hero constantly and we just get a pound face. I think, I actually think now that I think about it, Jace is one of my favorites and I think it's a good way to lead into other stories. Jace knows a lot about what's going on in the multiverse being, you know, the old living guild pact and being the leader, the current leader of the Gatewatch, and having his fingers in so many pies, essentially he knows so much. For example, he's the only person not in the spirit realm that knows where Nicol Bolas is, things like that, uh, that it would be an interesting take on, all right, now the Phyrexians have this knowledge, but also I think this is an opportunity to make him significantly more powerful or give him the opportunity to show just how powerful he really is when his moral compass is gone. Like I said, he initially started as that, you know, no one really trusts him stuff like that. It's kind of cool to see, you know, that possibility of coming back and being the person no one trusts anymore because he's Phyrexian now. And he gets to live out that bad boy blue mage lifestyle. I think another pretty obvious L is Karn. Yeah, our boy. He's yeah. done bad. Our boy, he's in pieces. His head's in a tree. At this point in the story, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what's going to happen with him. I, I think this might actually be the end for Karn, you know, aside from any timey-wimey bullshit, but... Right, because last we see him, he's just totally disassembled, be kind of becoming consumed by the mycosynth, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just in shambles, and he has, like, enough willpower to point them towards the Realm Breaker, and, you know, that's it. That's Karn's story. Um, so here's something that we missed. I couldn't remember when we were talking about our... our lore for all will be one koth and malira stayed with karn oh in the mycosynth so, so that's why we don't see koth absolutely pounding face when mom shows up to punish everybody exactly so that's where they are right now so with that in mind eh, maybe not i don't know i i don't know in the situation that the rest of them are in what's going to happen i i don't know i honestly i can't even remember if they gave a reason to why koth stayed there he, he just wants to play C-3PO with Karn and pick him up and carry him around in a backpack. I feel, I feel like he, he looked at Karn and he went, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. <laughs> Million dollar man. We're in. <laughs> so do you have any more L's? I kind of want to talk about a couple of our uh, less L's slash W characters here. I do have a kind of L, but I think that the whole reason they did that was for story purposes, and I'm really freaking worried about it, and that's Teferi. Okay. Is, is the biggest L that he's just, like, absent? Yeah, that he's stuck in time, that he's... I've heard stories. I haven't read anything myself, but I've heard stories that he's stuck wherever Zalfir was sent, so maybe it's not an L because he gets to see his home again, but he's also completely absent. He can't help whatsoever. But again, I don't know if that's an L or if that's some kind of dumb wizard story mechanic so that they can use him to fix everything. We'll see. 
Yeah, uh, I definitely think Teferi is going to be the emergency switch that we see in uh, March of the Machines, unfortunately. We, we've kind of been spoiled with some of the repercussions that we're going to see in March of the Machines aftermath uh, with the death of the King and Queen of Eldraine. And they get a, a full-on card, which is pretty sweet. Check out our Discord for spoilers. It's in there if you want to take a look at it. So there's definitely going to be some things he does not fix, he cannot fix, especially since the King and Queen of Eldraine don't have sparks, so they die on their plane, unless something weird happens and they come back on the Worldbreaker. But in all likelihood, they die on Eldraine, which is a pretty significant thing because they play a large part of Eldraine's original story. I kind of think it's going to be Teferi swooping in to save his best buds, uh, whether that's, you know, uncorrupting Jace or if it's just stabilizing the realm long enough to regroup and move on and then pound out a win with some of these sweet double legends that are coming out in March of the Machines. I'm not sure how they're going to go about it. I think it's too far for them to just say, oh, reset button. But at the same time, I mean, Lots of lots of other franchises have done it, so I I also wouldn't be totally surprised if they did do it. I would prefer to see. I mean, even at the very least, if he shows up in front of Mom, encapsules the what Nahiri, Nissa, and Jace that are standing there, and like turns time back just for them pre phyresis As much as I still think that's a get out of jail free card, and I'm not totally happy with it. I think it's better than the full-on reset switch. I don't think there's any chance of us getting that full-on. Like you said, we could be unpleasantly surprised because it's happened in other universes, but it's definitely going to be, there's going to be some level of shenanigans going on that they're going to play off as ultimately helping defeat the Phyrexians. Unless March of the Machines aftermath is literally just, here's what's left after Phyrexia fucked everyone up. Uh, and I mean, it also could be one of those situations where it's like, okay, we kind of did a reset, but you know, that also means we still have, uh, this problem and the Eldrazi Titans are back and this and that. And I, I, right. A reset might not be the, a reset might not mean everything's hunky dory, but I still, I am of the mind, um, as an avid comic book reader where I'm so like, jaded to like hero deaths that I really like the death of a character to mean something. You like there being 15 different versions of Robin in your universe, huh? Oh yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Just give me a new version. You don't have to bring them back to life. I, I I want exactly what you shared in our meme channel on discord uh, from the prof where it's just mom saying you can't defeat me and Karn snapping uh, mommy Emrakul back out of the mountain to come smash face. Yeah, that's it's cough. Cough goes, I know, but she can, and it's Emrakul. Yeah, and then another one of our members in Discord saying, just imagine Elish Norn accepting the challenge, completing Emrakul, and having Nahiri ride Emrakul into battle to fight all of our double legends. Not that Nahiri is that cool, but it'd still be hilarious. Dude, speaking of those double legends, I was talking to some of the dudes at the cafe today, and uh, one of them was like, so we have all these double legends, and they were like, what about a double planeswalker? And so we were all like, well, if it's a double planeswalker, it's got to be Nickel Ugin. Yeah, and I mean, it wouldn't be the first time they'd done that. They'd done that with the Rowan twins twice. 
That is true. Where they're, yeah, they're both literally on the front face of one card, and then they're MDFCs of each other on a different card. But... And they partner with each other. So it's like that, that space has been explored a little bit. True, but a lot of these March of the Machines double legends are like enemies to friends because of the looming threat. Right, and some of them are just characters that really don't give a shit about each other and coming together, like Gitrog Monster and Thalia. That's the only one I like, could... I guess Maltani and Yargle as well? Right, yeah. Like They obviously probably know of each other's existence because it's one plane, but they're indifferent to each other normally. Like they don't come across each other in day to day at bullshit, whatever day to day bullshit on Innistrad is anymore. Who knows? Fucking vampires trying to make it eternally night. Yeah, I didn't even it's know Thalia. Miracle is always there. I thought Thalia was dead. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Oh, that girl don't die. Yeah, now she's the Gitrog kill... Knight. Yeah, Thalia the Gitrog Knight. Just it's gonna be so cool. Super stoked for that. Anyways, getting back on track. Talk about a couple characters that take less of an L slash got a little bit of a W out of this entire Phyrexian environment. I'm going to start off with our girl, Tamio. And initially I felt like she was done dirty. She's never been like a significant lore character aside from trapping. Well, being a puppet to trap Emrakul into the moon. And, you know, she does a couple things in a couple different sense, but it's never really anything noteworthy that overrides that Emrakul moon thing. And then just to go in Strixhaven and get kidnapped and completed by Ginger Taxes, is, is, it was kind of fucked up. But seeing her now, like full on research mode into Phyresis, how to initiate it, how to make it better, how to make it more effective, that kind of thing. Like she's loving that Phyrexian life. That kind of and, lines up with her. Yeah, it's everything she wants. She loves being in Gingitax's sphere with all his different labs, you know, cutting people up, dripping some oil in, seeing what happens, making notes. She loves her notes, we know. So she's she's definitely my biggest W character for this set. So my other, you know, less of an L pseudo W character is gonna be our boy Johnny. We see him smash face in Dominar United when he comes out as the sleeper agent. We see him smash face in Phyrexia All Will Be One when he's fighting. And I mean, I guess they didn't really talk about it too much in the story, but we know he's there with mommy. He, it's all the, all the smashing he needs is his mommy smash. Um, <laughs> don't, don't Google that. But he seems to be fully on board with being unburdened by his good guidance and just being able to full-on smash people with his double-sided axe. See, and I, I think that a lot of the, the big wins for these Planeswalkers are the, the non-completed ones. I want to say... Kaido and Tyvar. Tyvar gets to fight Tibble. He gets to fight the bastard who paraded around as Vulky, the god of lies, and caused all these problems on Cal time. Tyvar gets to you know, put him in the dirt. On top of that, both Kaido and Tyvar get access to Hex Gold slash Glimmer Void, which now Kaido's drone and his sword are both coated in Hex Gold. Tyvar gets access to Glimmer Void which um, helps his ability, but also I feel like this set gave Tarvar a lot more exposure, which outside of the game, I guess, and outside of the lore, like I think it's, I think it's something that's going to lead to more people being like, oh, Tyvar's cool, Tyvar does this, blah, 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 like they do with some other yeah. Planeswalkers. Yeah, he's no longer that elf guy from Kaldheim. He's actually done shit in a story, and I think... Honestly, 
non-lore related for these two. Their biggest W is that they both got pretty sweet Planeswalker cards. Kaito's super sweet activating twice with a pseudo ninjutsu type ability. Tyvar being able to activate character abilities like they had Flash, stuff like, or Haste, stuff like that, like both extremely powerful. They're also the cheapest Planeswalkers in the set. So there's there's playability on that front. Like just they they come out pretty good all around, I think. The other one that I think took a big W. And this one's kind of this one's kind of weird. So this one is is kind of a two for one. I think Koth. I think Koth got a big W as a, a comeback. Like, holy crap, it's Koth. We haven't seen Koth in so long. He also got to see his buddies. You know, he got to see Karn. He got to see Elspeth. He hasn't seen them in a long time, and you can tell that that was a big moment. He does not know what happened to Elspeth. Nobody knows what happens to Elspeth. We know she's not dead now, maybe. Pretty sure. Yeah, thanks to a box art. Right. Um, a really bad box art. I hate it so much. I bet it looks sweet if they did, like, that neon foil thing they did with the that one card in Kamigawa. Yeah, probably. They would look sweet as neon foil, but I doubt they'll do that. Why would uh, they do something cool? But I think with that in mind, too, that brings me to Elspeth, who I don't really think took an L or a W. I think that she was... It feels like an L because she was a big part of the story without a card, but that's probably because of her role in the March of the Machines, where we're... I swear to God, we're definitely going to see a card of her. There's no way we're not going to see an Elspeth. Yeah, they're they're setting her up for a super sweet Elspeth card. And, like, most of them are really good. We kind of got a meh one in Capenna, but she's due again for having that Knight Errant power level again. I think if we look at lore stopping with what we know in Phyrexia, all would be one. Elspeth took a huge L. And she took the L for the team. That being said... We have not stopped the Phyrexia all will be one for any part of this episode. So giving her an L is just wrong because she is 100% coming back. Not only that box art, the set symbol has her typical double orb weapon as the you, main focus of the set symbol. Yeah, I was going to say, you can clearly see that that's her sword in that box art. Yeah, or her spear or whatever it is, her mask. Well, not her mask, but it's either her spear or her sword. Which, leading by the box art, makes me think it's her spear. Maybe she went back and got Heliod's spear. Who knows? But that double orb is iconic to Elspeth. So, with those two things, it's more than a lock that we're getting her. So, overall, I don't think she's a W. I don't think she's an L. She is a remains to be seen and will more than likely kick ass. Okay. The other big one that we haven't talked about is Kaya. I, I totally honestly have... About her. I have no idea what she's done in this story. Phased through some stuff. Said that they're, yeah. she, her and Kaido had a conversation that were like, oh my God, Phyrexia is so complete. There are no spirits here. <laughs> yeah, weird. The, the leader of the Orzhov. All he cares about the ghost. I see yeah. how it is, Kaya. But I mean, realistically, her and Kaido were like the perfect members to send on this mission. Like, you know, essentially untouchable to Phyrexia's or the glimmering oil stuff like that like they should have just been the only ones there and i mean kaito like we already talked about was pretty sweet got a sweet car did some sweet things but kaya just was meh her car is okay i mean it's six mana and draws a card and stuff like that that's i mean it's good for probably commander 
but overall she's just not an l not a not a w just meh meh category they do mention that she would be the backup to setting off the silex because of her ability i don't know what jace's ability has to do with him being able to set it off instead of her because now that i say that it would make way more sense for her to set it off because of her ability in my mind right just flip that trigger and ghost out of there weird i don't know i don't know wizards should be cutting us checks for these ideas there are two more people that are in the main story that we haven't talked about. They're also just kind of mez. Actually, no, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one of them's a win, and that's Tezzeret. Oh yeah, um, him getting the glimmer void from Mom to fix his body is a win. Now, what that means moving forward, and if he can actually get out, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see if he grows a conscience with that glimmer void and, you know, feels bad for essentially screwing over the entire gatewatch and then yeeting out of there. Or if he's slowly being consumed by phyresis as we speak. uh, See, I just don't think he is. I think think we're going to see him continuously coming back as the anti-hero, and there's going to be some kind of redemption story like we see with Liliana where she's like super guilty about getting Gideon killed by sacrificing himself, shit like that. (laughs) There's going to be some kind of sad mental health story at the end of this with Tezzeret. Yeah. And we might see, we might see some redemption because this is not the other one I was going to talk about, but I did forget that we did get a Liliana the veil reprint Dominar United. Yeah. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if Liliana is still on Strixhaven or where she is or what she's doing. I don't know, but I I would not be surprised if we do see some kind of comeback, maybe even in a epilogue kind of story, you know, maybe like a like if there's like the big gatewatch funeral or something after all this, maybe she uh shows up and is like, "Sorry guys, I don't know." They're going to marvel it, and they're just going to have one cemetery, one grave site out in the middle of the woods, and it's going to be Jace, and everyone's going to be crying, and then there's going to be an old cough sitting there on a rock. Cough's I, like, I don't know. Cough's like, what about everybody else? Oh. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Liliana was actually had anything to do with the lore. I think she's still playing Sad Professor on Strixhaven. I do think that she is the perfect answer for the invasion of Phyrexia, because far as i know i guess phyrexian zombie is a creature type because we had geth but you know what better to fight the mindless hive mind of phyrexia than with the mindless undead controlled by liliana true because like if they become phyrexian she just stops animating them right i mean that makes sense to me that they wouldn't be able to live if she wasn't doing her animation magic and i mean she did it once with all the zombies and stuff for mom and cat let's see how many zombies are on strixhaven they got to hide their people somewhere when they fuck up. <laughs> and then the last one who um, is a total meh. I, it, it, there, there's no lose or win, really. I, other, the, the only reason that I'm even including her is because she created the device that Teferi used to go back in time. And she created the Silex, the new Silex, and that's Sahili Ray. Right. So she... In, in, go ahead. I was going to say, she she is a big part of the story because that. She didn't even get a card, did she? Did she get a card? She did get a card. In Brothers War, she got a card. That is true. She did. Okay, so she did get a card. 
Um, so she's at least a big enough part of the story to get a card. I, I guess creating the is it a mythic? Holy crap! Yeah, I guess creating the new Silex is a pretty big part of the story. Uh, nothing to laugh about, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like a lot of, if, if you either weren't completed dead or on Phyrexia, I kind of feel a little meh about you. Yeah. You're very forgotten about at this point. And obviously with every plane being drawn into this conflict with the world breaker, that's going to change. Hopefully March of the machines and we see some big developments on this front, but I'm with you. Like, I care about these 10 really. And even of that 10, there's only four that really do anything significant. Yeah. And then fucking Luca, like can't even say he's insignificant. He was just fucking stupid. We always have it, man. We always have to have the joke, right? It was Tibble and then it was Luca. And you know, next we'll have somebody new. Yeah. We have that shield mage on Ravnica still there. Unhold. I swear to God, (laughs) if they don't do something with Teo soon, I'm going to be pissed. They were like, hey, guys, he's super important. He's super cool. His plane's unheard of. His magic's unheard of. He's, he might be the new Boy Scout. Gideon's dead. We talked about him for, like, four chapters throughout our, like, flagship book for Ravnica. Just kidding. Yeah. We're never going to do anything with him. Yeah, he's just, he, he found his lover on Ravnica, and that's where he lives now. He just puts shields around things, and we're happy. And loves a girl named Rat. A fucking massacre girl. Get it. Your shield won't save you from that shit. That's like <laughs> ultimate aids. But I, I think that pretty much sums it up for the, the wins and losses there. Yeah, I totally agree. If we missed anything, you guys hit us up on our socials or Discord. It, it's not an option anymore. Just do it. There's no reason not to. We want to talk to you guys. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Do whatever the fuck you guys want. But we do really want to talk to you. All that being said, you know, we're going to plug our socials again. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Casual Tutors. Jump on there. See what we're talking about. Uh, our Discord is getting more and more active by the day. We're getting the different conversations about spoilers, which seem to never be stopping. I was, like, out of service for 12 hours. I come back, and they announced two new sets. It, it fucking wild. But hit us up there. You know, we have a memes channel. We have just random talk discussions, deck help spoilers all that kind of stuff we love seeing you there and we love interacting with you guys be sure keep up the shares keep up the plays if you can and you don't absolutely despise spotify try listening to us there it's going to be big news for us to get spotify listens going forward so we really appreciate all the support anyways i'm matt and i'm kyle and we're the casual tutors thanks for listening